go ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode 154 of i learned nothing a philosophy podcast for idiots my name is benjamin carlos cholock <laughs> carlos the jackal they call me carlos yes uh and i'm here with my main man whoa patrick john dean how are you my good man i'm i'm ben it's going great <laughs> We're suddenly redoing our our, our intro. We had to, we had, this is the, the second. This is the first time we've ever had to redo an intro. <laughs> I didn't know. I guess I was peaking. Yeah. I, I live my life peaking, though. But, well, yeah, you definitely peaked for sure. Yeah. I think we both have. I think I peaked. Yeah. yeah, probably about episode seven is when we peaked. <laughs> both at both in our professional lives and in our personal lives. But we're still doing it. Yeah, we're still Ben. Some people beat a dead horse. We <laughs> hack the horse's head off. Do you think we give a shit? Do you think we're ever going to stop doing this podcast? We're not. <laughs> Call us the Nietzsche's of podcasting. Just making sure that that Italian man stops beating our dead horse, please, so we can beat it ourselves. We're gonna. Hi. <laughs> we're going to kick the living shit out of our horse. And if you think we're not going to, yeah. you're a fool. You're and fool. a madman. <laughs> and a betrayer. Well, uh, what it do, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our latest installment of The Bad One. Because um, it's free. Because it's free. Yeah. Yes, it's we free. We don't like it. Episode 154. Boo. Boo. Boo, we don't like it. It's not as good as the other one that you have to pay money for. Well, <laughs> why, is, why is John Lennon listening to our I don't know. podcast? It's kind of cool. From the Beyond the Grave. From Beyond the Grave, John Lennon Listens. Well, that's why Ben and I record this podcast. JLL, really. that's what we call it, John Lennon Listens. Yeah, Ben uh, Ben and I mainly do this podcast for the dead and yeah. the dying. Uh, they they the play this podcast. Yeah, the dead and the dying. They, they play this uh, podcast uh, like in various hospice uh, places around the, uh, the globe. And... <laughs> I thought they already play it for the dead. They play it in hell. Well, there's also that is is you you actually hear the the podcast go on as you're actually led yeah. uh, down so you know the the river of Hades or whatever by that <laughs> the river fucking sticks. guy yeah the river sticks yeah <laughs> yeah man fuck the river sticks well I, I don't mind it so much it helps you forget what do you mean that's the mythical uh, um, like power that it has if you get dipped in the river sticks you forget everything. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe it's kind of... It no, that's rad. not right. It's not the right river. It's the River Leith. That's the one where you forget everything. Man, I bet there must have been <laughs> There's thousands. a bunch of rivers in the Greek underworld. There must be thousands. I got them confused. Of, <laughs> thousands of people listening to this podcast who heard you fuck that up and went, that <laughs> like, son I can't of believe a bitch, you did that. it's Leith, or whatever you said <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it's Leith. It's the River Leith. <laughs> what is with Greek people in rivers? <laughs> they know. seem very preoccupied. It's always like someone's Most people walking, are preoccupied by rivers. But it's, no, the, their stories are always like there's like someone walking by a river and then they see something weird. What, and what ancient culture have you have you witnessed has not had a river in it? Um, I would say, well, I don't know. 
<laughs> I'm just, just saying they seem like they're really. It seems like it figures into their. Well, well, what about in America? Like rivers? How important are rivers to Americans? So important. That's not part of our identity or anything. The Mississippi River. The Mississippi River is one thing. It's one state. It's no, it's not. It's a gigantic river. Well, then Do you why know how it... big the Mississippi River is? I actually have no idea. It's so fucking big. It doesn't sound big. It goes from Louisiana up to Minnesota. Oh, big deal. That's <laughs> fuck you, big Pat. fucking deal. Fuck you. How long of it a... cuts the country in half? Well, then that's why we're so divided. <laughs> I the blame... wrong direction too. No, it's so weird. You would think that the Mississippi River would divide us along that axis, but yeah. no, it's the opposite axis that we were divided on. Huh? Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's a little strange. Yeah. It really back... because one side just really loved having black people pick their cotton. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. That... Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. <laughs> yeah, which is unfortunate. Which is unfortunate. Which is like a, it's a part of our of our country's history that we'd like to forget, right? Uh, I guess so. I mean, it seems that way. Yeah, I guess <laughs> it's like we every chance you get in the public school system, you want to try to forget that we had this entire chapter of our history where it was like we just had this entire underclass just picking cotton for free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to forget that, right? Well, it's yeah, it's shitty to think about. It's very, <laughs> it's very, very bad. Yeah, and I can't say it makes me feel good to think. It doesn't make me feel good to think about slavery. It's a defining part of our culture in America, or it's anywhere a defining else. part of our country, like its history. Yeah, yeah, we mm-hmm. can't get rid of it. No, unless unless. <laughs> <laughs> what if I had a plan? No, no. <laughs> Instead, we have this guy who we're talking about today. What? Uh, the man we're talking about today is going to help us navigate this enormous stain on our country. Oh, okay. His name is W.E.B. Du Bois. Webb. Webb. Webb Du Bois. Yeah. Do you think that's what people called him growing up? No. And I'm sure he made sure of that. <laughs> people were like, oh, yeah, Webb Du Bois. And, and he's they, like, no, yeah. actually, motherfucker. <laughs> that's the only time you're ever going to call me that. <laughs> yeah. That's the last time you're going to call me that. It's W.E.B. Du Bois. I'm going to say that to someone tomorrow. What? Tomorrow at work, when someone says my name, I'm going to look at them and go, that's the last time you'll ever call me that. And they'll go, what? And I'll go, no, I'm just, I'm just being an idiot. But, especially if they pronounce it correctly. Yeah. Well, how would they pronounce it incorrectly? I don't know. Pat Dion? Well, who knows? I mean, Has anyone called you Pat Dion? I have never heard of that, and I've never even thought of it. I got to be honest with you. But, to, you know, I don't also sit around thinking about... Uh, how people would mispronounce your name? No, I, I, I can't say it really enters my mind often. <laughs> it doesn't give it a lot of room. No. <laughs> There's not a lot of room for it to be mispronounced. No. Pat Dion. <laughs> Unless you're some kind of fucking... Oh, you know what I realized uh, yesterday? What? I realized this is that a lot of times when someone says something that I, I agree with, I go, yeah, it's actually a really good point. <laughs> which sounds so shitty if you think about it it's like oh wow cool because i thought you were a fucking idiot but it turns out <laughs> actually changed actually my mind a about good you point. Yeah. god yeah it's such a condescending thing yeah well, speaking of condescending go ben <laughs> so uh today we're Benjamin talking about C. Sherlock, the c stands for condescending <laughs> how do you say how do you say the condescending one in spanish do you think do you know how to do that el uh oh you you, you mean quote the condescending one. Yeah, like, like, like that would be your luchador uh, um, like wrestler name. 
Uh, um, Welcome back. The newest segment called. <laughs> no, this sucks because I'm yeah, thinking about it. Ben Yol with Ben. I'll just look it up. I mean, it's kind of weird if you knew that word. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know it. El, el, conduc- el conducido or something like that? No, no. that's that wouldn't be right. I hope it's not that. I hope it's something it's like really that. fucking cool and makes you sound like a badass. <laughs> it will probably makes you sound pretty good in Spanish. But okay, anyway. so who is this uh, character? So okay, I, I've heard this guy's name. I don't, I don't know if I know a lot about him. What do you know about him? I, that's what I'm saying. I, 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 well, what, what one thing do you know about him? What do you mean? Do you know anything about him? One thing. Do you know one thing about him? He, I believe he was around in possibly the Harlem Renaissance. Uh, and do you I, know that he's the founder of the NAACP? He is? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah, know he's, the he found, he's the founder of the NAACP. Yeah. Huh, it's kind of wild that I didn't know that. Hmm. He was born in 1868, died in 1963, so this motherfucker lived to be 95 years old. Wait, hold on, so... He lived through the worst of Jim Crow. Jeez. He was the first African-American ever to get a a, uh, PhD from Harvard, Whoa. which is, you know, kind of impressive, but not as impressive as, as if he got it from Princeton. But well, yeah, that 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 is where if he, he got it from Princeton. Up. That'd be then we could talk about him. Yeah, but um, end of the podcast. <laughs> Click. <laughs> like, what a drop. terrible episode. Yeah, what a horrible, horrible episode. <laughs> um, uh, but this guy uh really brought to the forefront basically how to talk about the philosophy of <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> what dude. what is this? Your luchador name apparently is. El Condescendiente. El Condescendiente? That's pretty fucking... Yeah, say it again. El Condescendiente. Put some Holy Spirit on it. El Con- <laughs> the Holy Spirit. Yeah. El Condescendiente. Man, that's kind of a fucking... Yeah. Wrestling, like, the condescending <laughs> the, the one. The condescending what, one. Like, what, what, is there, like, a That's what's cool about Spanish and a lot of, like, uh, romance languages is the... Um, you don't have to say the X one. Yeah, it's it's kind of implied. It's, yeah, it's implied. Yeah. yeah. So hold on. El condescendiente. What is the like the sh- like the shorter version of that? El condi. No, I don't Whoa, know. Whoa, el condi. Yeah. yeah, maybe I don't know. Man, that would be yeah. So that's so that's your character. My character is called um, or el condiz. Whoa, <laughs> but okay. I have to make it Spanish. Why not? Yeah, el condiz. Th- fuck it, that's kind of cool. Okay, yeah. so you're you're that you're him. And I'll, who are you? Um, I'm Leonardo. <laughs> Leonardo. <laughs> the Ninja Turtles. I'm literally a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> okay, whatever. You're the condescending one. <laughs> I'm Leonardo of the Ninja Turtle fame. Okay, Fuck it. fine. Well, <clears throat> would you like to hear more about? <laughs> give, me, give me one. Thank you. Ben just uh, gave me a Starburst. Yeah, <laughs> Pat, Pat, Pat requires time, treats. <laughs> yeah, now it's time for uh, the, our a return of one of our really. This segment has been tearing up. The charts, really, you could say. Yeah. It's called A Treat with a Patrick. A Treat for Patrick. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So Wait, hold, you... on, hold on. The segment still here. Basically, well, while we're talking, I, 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 I ply Patrick with treats. <laughs> well, in, in an effort to, to, to get him to learn something. So, so far, have you, have you learned who this man is? And uh, uh, what is his name? So... <clears throat> He may have lived through the Harlem Renaissance. You haven't. He kind said of did, yet or not? I mean, he definitely did. But was he a part of it? Uh, he was a part of it. Sure, okay, he contributed so to it, but he sort of existed beyond it. I mean, he was uh, much more of an academic and a theorist uh, about the plight of 
uh, African Americans in the United States. Um, his uh, his view or his um, uh, what would you call it? His point of view is much more like sociological and academic, and not so much like artistic. Uh, so the Harlem Renaissance is more of an artistic movement, um, and uh, uh, what what do you mean by uh, you? Do you mean he like? Could you explain what you mean by that? Oh wait, hold on. I asked Ben that right as he put a starburst right into his fat fucking face. Old starburst boy, can't wait, can't wait to get that flavor. Look at him go. Choo 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 choo. Chugga 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 chugga. Choo choo. Go. So, <laughs> W. E. B. Du Bois was an academic who. Um, Focused primarily on the uh, African American perspective on sociological issues, right? But when you say it's academic as opposed to, uh, I forget what else you said, what artistic. You, yeah, what do you mean, and how dare you? Well, how dare I is that we have this podcast and I get to do what I want. Oh, but <laughs> fuck you, Pat. But um, what I mean academically there, I guess, is artistically people like Langston Hughes, who is um much more yes. identified with the Harlem Renaissance. That was a, an artistic movement insofar as the output was mostly um, po- poetry, uh, fiction, um, ar- artistic movement, like visual arts, things like that. Whereas W.B. Du Bois, or Du Bois, sorry. It's not Du Bois? It's not Du Bois. It's Son du Bois. of a bitch. Are you kidding me? It's Du Bois. This Every time, time I read it, I, it, 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 it I, I try to say, I have to remember to say Du Bois. And not Dubois. Man, um, yeah. that's kind of weird. And anyway, his main perspective was how he would notice, sociologically speaking, of how there are different like systems of conduct uh, depending on what race you are. And this was at the height, uh, around the turn of the century, like late 19th century, early 20th century, yeah. of a lot of talk, especially after coming after like a lot of Darwin's theories. There's a lot of talk about like how different races are manifested. Oh, okay. Um, in a almost a, like a scientifically concrete way. Yeah. Saying like there are definitely these things such as black people, white people, yellow people, and they are categorized as such because of things that like define them. So you're saying that they use this Darwinism to do like, but the in like in a very racist way. I remember learning about this. I remember Ben telling me about yes. it with a glint in his eye. No. And I was like, what? <laughs> this was the height of race science. Yeah. Yes, the height. Yeah. This was Ben's time. No, it wasn't. <laughs> W.E.B. Du-, du Bois put a stop to this um, in a very uh, deft way, I would say, which was he was the first one to really kind of characterize these distinctions on a sociological level instead of a genetic level. A lot uh, up until that point, a lot of people were saying, "Well, these differences between races are very much oh okay yeah like yeah. based on genetic traits and things that like were sort of endemic to that population, whether the population be th- be thought of as white, black, yellow, red, okay, brown, whatever." Um, they usually kind of fell along those like uh, chromatic lines, and. He was the first one to sort of investigate how historically and sociologically a lot of these issues kind of came up. Um, 
I wouldn't say coincidentally, but to such a point where, uh, like, correlation o- almost implies causation, but but the opposite of that. He would basically say that, like, well, a lot of a lot of people up until this point have been seeing these trends uh, along racial lines to imply causation. And he says, no, it's actually not based on genetic trends. It's based on historical and sociological trends. So it's like a, a social thing as opposed it's to... It's more of a social thing. So ra- basically, in a, in a nutshell, he's saying that race, the way it's been seen academically up until this point, uh, has been seen as like a genetic trait or a genetic... Uh, um, explanation yeah. he says it's more sociological it has to do with the history and um um the trends that have gone along with uh how they how, how they've been treated how they've been uh regarded um historically and all of these like different uh points in history yeah that sort of define these like reinterpretations of what it means to be black or to be white that sort of thing okay and one of the main things is uh since the since um the abolition of slavery in the united states there's been this kind of like weird space that african-americans have lived in where they're not like slaves anymore but they've had to try to be integrated um in an accelerated way into like American society where like the rest of American society is not ready for that. Oh, okay. So sort of saying the excel, the accelerated thing you're saying is, is because you, they're all of a sudden slaves not slaves. Na- oh, okay. Like yeah. Overnight, yeah. And, and, th- and that's been this issue that like <clears throat> society itself has built these categories for these two races yes. to exist alongside of each other. Yeah. Can you tell that this is very awkward to talk about? Well, let me let, let, <laughs> How about this, Ben? Yeah. Do you want to hear what? A harmless stereotype. Sure. I don't know why this is. And maybe I'll find out one day, maybe I won't. It doesn't really matter. Uh-huh. It's just something I've noticed. A lot of times, and not a lot of times. Literally every single time. No, a lot of times, <laughs> dude. At work, okay, like when you like, so like working at the bar or whatever, like when you hand like a black person something, mm-hmm. they'll say, appreciate you. Okay. They always say appreciate you. I've heard that from white people too, though. I never do. Really? No, it's like every single time. Well, what do you it's think that is? I don't know. It's crazy. I have no idea why, but it's a thing that I've definitely noticed. I don't know what it means. I don't even means anything. Well, so that's one of the things that... Uh, that Appreciation, I guess. Du Bois sort of acknowledges is that there are these, like... I'm, I'm trying to think of the words. What? How do we find the answer to that? Because I don't know what to do. Well, one thing that Du Bois tries to say... He, is, well, hold on, because real what? quick. Because I feel like growing up, when we were growing up, it was a thing where, like, if you ha- if, if you had a question about, like fill in the blank ethnic group you just asked somebody that you were friends with or whatever yeah and they'd be like kind of weirded out but they would like tell you but like now like i understand why that's kind of not we can't do that anymore yeah i get why yeah but how do we find how do we solve this mystery i don't know what do we do because i can't ask (laughs) that'd be so fucking awkward (laughs) if i gave some if i gave like a customer a beer and he's like i appreciate and i was like 
I have a question about black people. He'd be like, what the fuck is this about? Well, because, yeah. So who do we, we can't ask, who do we ask? Can we ask anyone? It's not know. so much that you can't ask that. It's it's the time and the place of, of asking it. Well, we're doing it now. If anyone well, so can this is what's interesting me. about W.B. Du Bois, is that he's, he, he's sort of like trying to map out this space that is like straws really... Straws, too. What? Straws. What do you mean, straws? Love them. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> right. But he's trying to map out the space of like... There are these differences. <clears throat> okay, let me start. Let me start over. Well, real quick, before you start over, if anyone no. can help us, please look. I'm just going to ask if anyone can help us solve the riddle of the appreciation and the straw usage that seems to be very predominant in the African American community. So, <laughs> I would genuinely appreciate. It. I'm just curious. This is where, like, okay, this is where it does get awkward because Why? We, you know, obviously. Uh, all right, so let, not to let's get I'll let's just get a straw. let's just fucking cut across everything. Okay, here go. All right. So as white people, we're curious about like the way that some black people do things, right? Well, mostly with the straws, yes. Well, yeah, but also just like different, just like there are thousands of questions that black people have for white people about why they do things and why black, why white people have questions about why black people do things. Yeah, like why? I have a question. Yeah. Why do you cross the street? Not in a crosswalk, but just like right in the middle of cars. I've why heard, do you guys I've, yeah, do I've that? Yeah, I've heard people say that all the time. Why yeah. do you guys do that? It's fine. I'll give it to you. You know, I stop obviously. But why do oh, you do cross? You? Why do you cross not on a crosswalk? Yeah, it's it's a little annoying. <laughs> <laughs> what does that? Yeah. Okay. okay. No, it's just, it's these little things. Like I'm sure that like black people have questions about like, well, why are white people such assholes all the time? Yeah, I think there's why a are, why are white people always asking for the manager? Why don't white white people wash their legs? I mean, like, yeah. there's that too. Give me a goddamn straw. <laughs> fucking straw. I'm not getting off this. I've always wondered why, and I'm finally I'm just gonna. Okay, ask. so W. E. B. Du Bois is sort of in this position where he's like. Look, there's obviously this difference <laughs> between the two of us, right? He's saying, oh, so he's saying that there are, yeah, okay, obviously, okay, yeah. and um, there's no such thing. Like, it's 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 naive to say that there's no such thing as race. Basically, is one main thing that he's trying to say. It's naive to say there's no such thing as race. We're all one human species. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Get that shit out of here. No, and he's saying that like, and he's not making a judgment, and nor am I about like whether or not there should be races. The fact is that there are, on a sociological level, there is such a thing as different races. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And there is no bio. He's one of the first to say that there's no biological uh, basis between the differences between races. Yeah, it's race, not like the DNA is different or anything. Yeah, races, well there is slightly a, a bit of like a difference in DNA, but that shouldn't Here be reflected. Here we go. But that Don't. shouldn't be reflected. <laughs> that shouldn't be reflected in social status or in like anything any sort of like epiphenomenal social yeah, ranking. Like it shouldn't make a difference. Like yes, black people tend to have more melanin in their in their skin. That's like a genetic difference. Yeah. Right? But that shouldn't be manifested in a social difference at all. Okay. Okay. So he's saying that, like, when it comes to race, the way it's been employed. I'll say this, Ben. On this, on 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 that, I think me and this W character, we agree. Okay. So sure, if you want to know what he says, basically what Uh he says is, uh, 
on a sociological level, there is no justifiable basis for race. Yes. There are there are um, superficial indicators that dif- that differentiate races, mm-hmm. and then that leads to sociological differences, and then that is uh, reinforced by historical events and sociological trends over time. Okay, and he's saying basically that this has led to the definition of identities based on race, even though genetically they're not justified. Okay, so he's saying that there are such thing as black people and white people. Okay, so it's naive to say that there's no such thing as race, or that I, you know, when someone says when someone says, "Oh, I don't see color," I've been saying it to everyone I meet. You know, when someone says, "I don't see color," they're liars. Yeah. Well, what if? What if? Because there are these social hmm. signifiers that accompany different races, and race, what he defines it as, is it, are these sociological categories that have lived through different histories. Let me ask you this: You know, okay. there's people who have they have, so I don't know, like a condition. I don't even know how to refer to it. Where it's like vitiligo. <clears throat> no. Where is where, it the one where? Uh, no. No. Okay. Where you can't recognize people's faces. Oh, oh, oh. Um, Whatever. But that's you, a you're neurological aware, thing. You're I don't aware know. Of the yeah. thing. Does that mean that they can't tell the difference between races, or is that just a face thing? I don't know. Is it like that's so actually very interesting? So I don't I'm saying, know. Like, what's because where do you, there's so many different, because there's also combinations. So, no. So, what, so what, what I would, it is a what I would guess that, that Du Bois is saying is that. Uh, these you, face blind you, motherfuckers gotta go. No, no, no. That these face blind people would still be able to to recognize race, uh, but they're hmm. taking cues from different social aspects. Okay, right. Not just like what their face looks like in terms of like the organization of their eyes and nose and mouth, because I don't really know how that works. The, what do you um, mean? That that neuro that particular neurological. Um, impairment of like not being able to recognize faces i think that doesn't have to do with the color of people's skin it has to do with like the configuration of but of I'm their saying, faces i mean if they okay here's what here's what i think happens i think they can see clearly the rest of the body maybe if it's exposed and they can be like all right whatever but then like <laughs> when they see someone's face and only the face do they do they not recognize them and have no idea what the race is because they don't they can't tell it's all the same. No, I, I think they can tell what the. <laughs> what I'm, I'm so, asking. This is this is my guess. I think that they can tell what the race is. We probably have a lot of uh, face but blind people listening to this. I don't program. think we do. I, th- I think that's a think really so? rare condition. Well, this day and age, this is a wild topic to be brought in on this too. Hey, hey, you you face blind people, are you racist or not? Well, I don't know. <laughs> can I'm you just... tell race? Yeah, can you? Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Yeah. Can they can face blind people race? Tell race. I'm gonna Google it. <laughs> I think I think that they can. I feel like I, they and I think according can, right? I think according to WB Du Bois that they can because they're going off of other social cues that denote or signify race, not just literally what their faces look like. Um and that's like a that's a a, a wild reach of an attempt <laughs> of guessing. But the main point of W.B. Du Bois's like work is analyzing this one particular instance of how a race kind of 
gets conjured up socially and historically um, into this one prime example, which is the one that he lives from uh, and and is a part of, mm-hmm. which is uh, obviously, you know, we call it the African-American race or the African-American people or the African-American experience. But what he calls the Negro problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so that's what he calls it. That's what he calls yeah. it. He calls it the Negro problem. Well, listen, it's clearly it's a clearly it's a historical. He was writing this yeah. in the 1900s, but like the early 1900s, 1903, I think, is when he he publishes a work called On the Negro Problem. I th- okay, that we're adults. <laughs> I think they understand. So it's not me. I th- I'm starting to think it is it. you. <laughs> but he characterizes the Negro problem. As the yeah, um, Ben has a couple characters. No, shut up, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I was nervous to do this topic. All right, what do you mean? <laughs> so, in the parlance of his time, it's so called, weird, I've seen you write called, that phrase down. Shut so up, <laughs> shut up. It's called the Negro problem. Yes, and he, well, he characterizes it as basically this: there are people who were brought to this continent forcibly, mm-hmm. right? And whose descendants exist here now. Okay, they are African-Americans. Um, they formulate a race, according to W.E.B. Du Bois, a, a race on this planet, on this, on this, not only this planet, but on this, on this continent, in this country, as opposed to the white race and as opposed to arguably the yellow race, which is like mostly Asians, my yeah. friend Jim. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, Ben and I have an Asian friend named Jim. We have an Asian friend named Jim. Shout out to him. <laughs> um, but this is—he's—he's he's writing all of this at the height of, um, at the same time that eugenics is getting really popular. The, the science, the tell quote, me about it. The quote unquote science of eugenics is not a science; it's a pseudoscience. But this was really hot at the time in the early 1900s up until like the <laughs> 1920s. Was- the thing it really be. was like scarily so it was basically saying that like there are races that are better adapted to the modern world and there are certain individuals who are better adapted to modern life and that people who are not adapted to modern life uh they would lead to you know uh less you know able yeah people less able descendants um, that sh- sh- basically should be called, okay? What called? Um, like eliminated. Like the the chance of you coming up uh, of the chance of you giving birth to, let's say, uh, uh, a crippled person or someone with polio or like yeah. some sort of debilitating disease. Um, we should try to like make sure that that doesn't happen, right? Oh, okay, yeah. So this this kind of th- this aspect of eugenics is um frowned upon well now it's all frowned upon yes but like this type of eugenics is for the most part um it's like non-racial but it's still like pretty nuts yeah. where it's like anyone who was like homeless or like you know uh, uh a criminal um there was like a rash of people in like the 1910s and 20s who like if you were just in jail for like any sort of crime you would just get fucking neutered <laughs> um just for being a criminal yeah um if you were homeless, if you were an alcoholic, if you were some sort of like in debt prison, like that sort of thing, you would just be castrated, chemically castrated. Jeez. Yeah, there's like a lot of people who were just like chemically 
chemically castrated. Debt prison work. You just get thrown in prison for not being able to pay your debts. But then how are you supposed to <laughs> pay know. for it? I don't understand. That's why they kind of got rid of it. But I feel like they should have done that for one weekend and then realize, <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know, man. There's no revenue coming in. Hey, how do we do today? Hey, did you get well, more, we made all the debtors feel bad. Did you get any more of that <laughs> debt from that guy? No. No. He says he can't find a job in his cell. Yeah. <laughs> no one's hiring. He's got a master's degree and no one's hiring. Yeah. Not not anywhere not near his cell. his cell. Nope. No. It's just him and some not guy. Not his cell block, too. It's just him and this dude. We even, we even let him out to his cell block, yeah. and no one's hiring for a, <laughs> for it, a linguist. Um, I, I, guess, I guess the point we're trying to make is that it's a somewhat flawed business model. Yeah. Anyway, take it away, Ben. So. In back to Ben. Back to Ben. So <clears throat> what happens with Du Bois? <laughs> that should be the name of your first album. Back to bed. Back to bed. <laughs> oh my god, that would suck. Oh my god, my toes just curled thinking about how fucking terrible that would be. Yeah. If you release an album and called it "Back to Ben," and it's like a very earnest, like, love song collection. <laughs> Can I borrow a feeling? <laughs> yeah, it's like that. And then like yeah. back to Ben. Back to Ben. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Um. Okay. Fuck. Well, go with. With the boys, he he's basically trying to uh, outline uh, a new a new course for the entire field of sociology. Okay, by uh, especially when it comes to like race theory, <laughs> race theory. Yeah. Okay, so this is kind of like race theory, but from you know a black person's perspective. Okay. Um, or he's like he's seeing all these people talk about how. Um, well, the right, well, the white race is just genetically superior because, like, you know, they have been uh, at the forefront of like this and that innovation and blah blah blah. Um, and he points out all of these examples of how, like, well, no, actually, like, the way you've been treating like black people as a race, as like kind of behind when it comes to like c- its civilization and, and its place in civilization. First of all, it's in a secondary spot in in a civilization that's ruled by white people, right? And uh, it's been given all of these disadvantages, where it was literally put into slavery at first, and now has been kind of like subjugated, yeah. Um, at least in a paramilitary sort of way, um, for all this time, and you're uh, you're imposing the same standard. That you would like, you know, the most advanced civilizations, racial civilizations, quote unquote. He's basically saying like it's not fair. It's not at all like fair or equitable. Yeah, and, so, and he's saying that. I guess you're saying the effects of slavery are still being felt. In yes, modern exactly. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And not only that, but like, um, they're they're still being held back in a lot of institutional ways. Okay. Um, and uh, one thing that he comes up with is this idea of uh, double consciousness. Which is like, you know, once after abolition and after like, you know, uh, uh, slavery was dismantled, le- at least legally speaking. Um, <laughs> ben and I stand by that decision. By yeah, the way, yeah, we are the we are the world's first abolitionist podcast. We are. Yeah, cut it out. Yeah, cut it out. No slavery for no us. No slavery. Um, but um. With W.E.B. Du Bois, he basically says that um, there there is no way to objectively characterize what a proper civilization should be. Every single um, you know social unit 
maintains its own uh, rules, its own system of like justice or, or whatever. And this is something that you see within marginalized groups like black people in the United States too, right? Um, and so he's sort of saying that uh, there, there is no way to say that that like white civilization is more productive or more advanced than say black civilization because uh, black civilization itself has advanced in the way it can in its own niche. Its own niche being while being held back, being held back by by the more dominant culture, which is which is white culture, right? Especially in this one society. So he's characterizing how one society can have many cultures, right? So. American society has like white culture and then it has this subjugated kind of like under under class culture which is black culture which is striving as as much as it can within this society but the society's rules are are run by the dominant culture which is white culture okay so it's sort of like again it's just like not fair yeah yeah and so he's the one who's like kind of bringing this up. And this is at a time where people are like, well, you know, we've we've released black people from bondage. They should be able to cut, catch up by now. You know, they don't have any sort of impediments yeah, that's, in their that's way. The thing you hear but that's lot, not yeah. true at all. It's not true. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's his that, that's his take. But he's like the first person to be able to say that because he's the first black person with a PhD from Harvard. Uh yes. <laughs> so now, what so, was so, so he was able know, to say that without being you, criticized. What do you do? You know much about like what it was like for him to be at Harvard then? I mean, it was it was really hard. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, like what, like, like, like do you know anything about like his? No, not not in particular. I yeah. mean, like, I, I'm sure he was he he still had to like eat at at um uh like quote unquote colored um cafeterias and stuff like. Oh really? Yeah. Like yeah, with yeah. like workers and stuff? You're saying? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's not good. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Well, finally, Ben, you and I agree on something. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that's pretty much it. I mean, the, the main thing is is his sort of discovery of uh, the sociological background of uh, a lot of like racial attitudes. Yeah. And the idea that like you know. I don't know, black, black people, like, you know, have the same standard upheld to them as white people do. Yeah, well, but it's like, why... As, it's soon white... as, as soon as, you know, the the gloves come off, you know... Yeah, what's well, why uh, libertarianism is kind of... It's kind of bullshit, mm -hmm. because it comes from... It, it starts... The idea, it's one of those things on paper where you go like, oh, yeah, but then, like, when you think about it for, like, more than a minute, you're like, well, no... It's a thing where it's like, well, you know what? Like everyone has thing about America in, in about yeah, being everyone has a, everyone, everyone has, has a legit shot. Yeah, and yeah. it's like yeah, on paper that is true, but in practice it, it just isn't. You know what I mean? No, no. And then yeah. there's the, the weight of if you of, don't st if, you, if you don't start at the same level, it's just not going to be. Yeah, exactly. So take right. that, libertarians. Me and Ben are <laughs> on to you. All right, we've had it. I I, I saw something about how like uh um like how to describe a libertarian in. Uh, in like two words, basically like house cat, 
Is <laughs> <laughs> an animal that thinks that it's fiercely independent but doesn't realize that it's par- part of a system where it's taken care of entirely? That is why cats <laughs> are kind of bullshit. And I'm over <laughs> cats. I'm, I'm almost over pets at this point, to be honest with you. And I'll tell yeah. you why. It's because the people in the city treat their pets in a way that is uh, profoundly disturbing to me. What's every city? Yeah, but I feel like especially here. When I go home, do I don't see that shit. Where you just bring a dog everywhere. And I th- we've talked about this on the show. It just it just weirds me out, and I don't like it. I remember I saw this one this one woman that one South by Southwest brought her Chihuahua to a bar. Yeah, and just like set it up on on top of the bar. Oh, and cool! It immediately started pissing. Of course, immediately and, yeah, started pissing. Probably went over to the garnish jars and just started going to town on our fucking cherries. Are you kidding me? If I was a Chihuahua at South by, I'm ready to party. Yeah. And there's a bunch of fucking cherries, and I'm gonna eat it. They probably didn't sugar. even want to party. It was probably scared. It was really scared. Yeah, yeah. It, I guess we are kind of uh, personificating, <laughs> or whatever. A little, however you say that. Um, yeah. So anyway, the point is that cats are full of shit, and I'm sick of it. Okay, what do you mean full of shit? Because of that. Because they just sit around all day, and they're inside, and it's just... <laughs> and they think they accomplish something, but they never do. They don't, and it's like... They just stare at things that they want. It actually sounds like me. They see ghosts. <laughs> Fucking get out of here. Stop running around. Why are you so scared all the time? Cat? Tim? <laughs> Cat? What fuck's your problem? Uh, well... So you're saying vote libertarian? No. No, no. you're not all. saying that? Mm-mm. Hmm. Not what I heard. Well, anyway, so let me finish with this. The the concept of double consciousness is something that uh, Du Bois came up with that uh, actually you kind of see uh, spoken again of in uh, Franz Fanon. Uh, in, um, what? Franz Fanon. We did an episode about him. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, oh, we did? Yeah, we did. <laughs> well, what's his deal? <laughs> he wrote this book called um, uh, Black Faces, White Masks. What? Um, and it's about... Uh, it's sort of about like African colonialism, the impact that colonialism had on uh, African populations. Uh, imagine that, but transposed to the much more endemic and like hooked in uh, relationship of like of domestic slavery, uh, of domestic African slavery within the United States. Okay, um, and how you have like sort of this weird like domestic colonialism. Um, and what he, what Du Bois talks about is uh, how a lot of African Americans, um, before and after the abolition of slavery, um, had to maintain this double consciousness. This this uh, if you think a little bit about code switching, like the you know the the linguistic phenomenon of code switching. Oh how, yeah yeah how yeah. You talk differently to to white people versus black people. Yeah, it's when you, you speak you're, differently you're around different. in group versus your out group. Yeah yeah. Um, he, Du Bois kind of says before getting into any sort of linguistic theory, uh, because he wasn't into that at all. He this was well before um, like Saussure and a lot of um, like linguistic theorists uh, from Europe. Um, he kind of just culturally thought about this idea of how a lot of African Americans um, at that time uh, have to maintain almost double identities, double conscious oh, consciousnesses, okay, yeah. um, and this kind of uh turns in on itself where the internal psychology is to be um like if you were just a slave you wouldn't really feel like 
you know, ashamed of yourself necessarily because you're put into a position that is beyond your control. Oh, right? Obviously. yeah, yeah. But once you're set free and you're still being held back, there's this kind of like dual consciousness of um, that that leads to like self pity and uh, and um, like self contempt, where you kind of look at yourself and you say, "Well, I'm imperfect compared to this new society that I've been brought up into, right? That I that I you know I've 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 accessed this level of freedom now that everyone else is supposed to have, but I'm still looked down upon. I'm still you know, um, uh, marginalized. I'm still stigmatized. So that creates a dual personality in those people. Hmm. Those people. What if that's what if someone What means, if he but, put out a book and it was called "Those People" and "Those" was like in like italicized? You know what I mean? So like that's like the the emphasis. Yeah. Well, so Du Bois talks about this this as as double consciousness. Okay. As this. Um, this added dimension of um, of and it can manifest itself in different ways. It doesn't necessarily have to be self contempt or self pity. It could also be you know rebellion, uh, anger, just straight up anger, um, dissociation. But uh, it it produces sort of like a split personality in a way uh, within your society where you're supposed to be one thing according to this wider society, but you're still pigeonholed into this marginalized class of, of people. You're mm-hmm. a, a black person. Yeah. You're not just you're not just a person in American society. You're a black person. Yeah, you're always yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you're always gonna be a black yeah. person, right? And so he, he he says that this is endemic in the African American population um and will be for for a long time until the over overlying society, the umbrella society of of a quote unquote American society can you know, fix this or, or, or make this categorization or this, uh, um, this classification, this delineation, not, not apply anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, and he's saying, as far as he could tell at the time he was writing, which again is, is like the, the early 1900s, he's like, I don't see this going away anytime soon. No. Like n- not anytime soon. So, People were being lynched. Like black people were still being lynched into the forties, into the sixties. Yeah. Well, you answered the you know the like thing. You answered the question you were talking about earlier. What? What's up with just walking across the street and just looking <laughs> instead of using the crosswalk? Yeah. Remember you talking about that earlier? I know. That's what it is. Yeah. Same I mean, thing. It's, it's, yeah. It's a, it's a it's a way. It's a momentary way of defining yeah. oneself. Yeah. Of yeah. Of of yeah. That's why that. So like I get it. But still, stop. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where you just go, "Yep." Yeah. But also, mm. <laughs> that's yeah. That, that's that's the that's the noise. Uh. <laughs> it's the I get it, but man, I do have to get to work. Like, yeah. I, like I do have to go somewhere. Yeah. Well, what a world. I guess so. It, it is kind of a a, a bleak. Um, take what a da- yeah what a downer of an episode <laughs> yeah race yeah who knew well it's complicated yeah you know it's a problem it's very and i mean the thing that you were also like the thing that you were kind of saying earlier where it's like it's just it is awkward to talk about sometimes you know what i mean well it I mean, is oh it, it sucks that it's awkward to talk well about. yeah that's but what that, i'm saying but, that, should, yeah. but that's almost part of it is is that it is awkward to talk about yeah um it's almost like the powers that be want to make it awkward to talk about so we don't talk about it 
Oh, you think it's a conspiracy? <laughs> Not a conspiracy in that way, but like the overwhelming ideology is to keep it silent. Huh. So that it's not brought to the forefront or that it's not like addressed. It's just something that we just like hide with and live with. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> how do mm. we know? How do we know how to talk about this stuff if we don't talk about it? Well, I'll be honest. I feel like this isn't going to be a problem anymore. I think that <laughs> after with, this episode? With episode, I think you and I knocked it out of the park. I think we've solved racism. Yeah, this is the least awkward racial episode, <laughs> racial uh, podcast episode of all time. What can you do? You know, two white it. dudes talking pussyfooting around the topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Emphasis on pussy for yeah. sure. Just two guys, two two guys who mean well, but don't always yeah. know. Don't you know? always know. I mean, like, how are you supposed to talk about it? Um, Black people are treated like animals in this country. It sucks. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> like, how do you how do you fix that? Um, you know what, Ben. Get rid of the police. <laughs> oh, well, I, w- I was going to say I don't know. I mean, I don't know either. Who knows if that'll work? If there's anyone listening who knows what to do, just in general, <laughs> but uh, but also in Can you guys help to us this, out? let us know because, yeah. you know. I learned nothing podcast at gmail.com. If Send you us have, an email. If you have a, <laughs> what you would consider a cure for racism in this country. Yeah. We actually we did commit to curing racism a few episodes ago. We did, and I, I got to be honest. On it. I yeah, think this I, is this is step one. We're a little in over our head on that. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, I really should have seen that coming when we promised to. Well, when I was reading, when I was reading for this topic, I was just like, I was thinking about how, like, like, wow, there are experiences that I can never even hope to have to come close to understanding what it's like. Yeah, to, to live. Yeah, under a racist regime, which this is. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. I don't know it. I don't get it because I don't know it, and like I feel bad that I don't know it or get it. But but you don't. Uh, but I don't. If, if you you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, I don't you know don't. what I don't know. It, but but boy, is it awkward. <laughs> I don't know. I think we knocked it out of the park. I think again that when it comes, I think to... we got the ball rolling. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say knocked it out of the park. I don't think we knocked think the, we anything did. out of the I park. I think we killed it. I think we got the ball rolling. That's what I'm going to say. On ending race, it starts here. Yeah, it starts here. It starts right here, right now. <laughs> right here, right now. Man, that's, that's no, we're song. not going to play that at the end of this. We're not going to play <laughs> right here, right now. Well, should we? I mean, you know what? Fine, fuck it, whatever. That's what we're going to do. We're going to play right here, right now, at the end of this podcast episode. But is it the same song that we're thinking of? I don't know. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. That song. What is that song? I don't know. I think you wrote that song. No, I, I didn't a write ben that Sholak song. Sherlock original. No, 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 no. I've and, heard it before. Hmm. Yeah. It, it, bouncing around inside that little uh, pea-sized brain of yours, Ben. <laughs> that, that, that Princeton-loving brain. That little... It's a pea-sized brain. I call it pea for Princeton. <laughs> my brain's the size of Princeton <laughs> folks we do appreciate you listening uh, if you have time tell a friend about the podcast or don't or there's don't. no way for us to verify that <laughs> yeah there's no way we can tell so honestly you could even just tell us that you did when you didn't true we're not gonna look into it we'll just say thank you we'll, we'll, say thanks, we'll blindly say it. thank you and then we'll move on and then we'll ask you Hey, did you actually do it, or are you fucking with us right now? Yeah. Yeah. And then all you have to do is not respond to that. Yeah. And, and then, then our interaction is we'll complete. Yeah. <laughs> As always, keep on thinking hard, my friends. 
The truth sucks. Ben, the sea is a bastard. <laughs> Time is a son of a bitch. <laughs> but evolution evolution from- rocks. We have okay, we have way too many of these now, and it's our sign offs keep getting longer and longer, and it's frankly a reflection of probably how we uh the conduct ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what, Ben? I wouldn't have it any other way because if you're not Catholic, you're going to hell. And here's right here, right now, for some reason. <laughs> Racism, you've had your you chance. gotta go. You yep, you've had your turn in the sun, but right now it's all about Pat and Ben. <laughs> Togetherness. Togetherness. <laughs> and solving problems. Togetherness and solving problems. And solving crimes, too. We're also detectives. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're, 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 stop, we're stopping racism and we're private investigators. 